Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you too, Bear. This is episode 58 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about comedy and satire. How has the rise of social media and the internet affected the world of comedy and satire? I'd say hugely. Mainly because, in the past, if you wanted to, if you wanted to be critical of things uh, in a humorous way, you had to be a big comedian, you know, with a, a huge following. Now anybody who has a a Facebook account can can be a comedian and and make people laugh and poke fun at the administration. Yeah, I agree definitely with that. It's kind of like an open um, open landscape to make comments or commentary wherever you like. Kind of just get behind a computer screen and type in whatever you think without any kind of repercussions. You basically have a an open forum to do whatever you want without any repercussions, which isn't necessarily good. I mean, either way, it could be good, good, good or bad. But a lot of people just get behind their keyboards and kind of type away, and then they don't. I don't know. I think a lot of people type things in and without thinking about it. But most of the time, I think most of it's meant to be harmless. But people get their panties in a bunch. I think people are too easily offended nowadays. Also. People, they, they don't put enough thought into their humor. They, they kind of like potty humor. You know, everybody snickers, but... Um, Seems like the cheapest shots get the most laughs. Yeah, yes. And even among politicians, that's true. Yeah. You know, you only have so many words that you can use on Twitter to get your point across. And then sometimes I think people just miss the mark. Yeah, the things that they think are funny just nobody gets yeah so i mean and you know i mean telling a joke is completely different than typing a joke in a lot of ways in a lot of ways you know especially puns yeah but you can take the opposite because uh the same word can have different spellings and have different meanings and in a written medium be a lot funnier yeah But I think also people get so upset about things, instead of just scrolling past, they always seem to have to throw their two cents in. And then makes it a bigger issue than it really needs to be. If you don't like it, just scroll past. There's no reason to get into an argument or a huge discussion about something that you just don't find funny. Just just move along. I mean, have something better to do with your life. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a keyboard warrior to go out there and, and, and... bring justice to everybody's rights and wrongs. In in some ways, satire is exempt from your regular rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, right. and I don't think some people get that. Yeah. That, that they take every word literally. Mm-hmm. You, you, comedy doesn't work that way. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's when, you, when comedians stand on stage, they know what they're trying to get across, and sometimes people, they don't know how to... Uh, eloquently put that through while they're typing it out because it depends upon the mood and how you're reading it too i mean if you're in a bad mood it could be the funniest joke ever and if you read it incorrectly 
it just doesn't come across correctly. And, and some people are just bad at it. Oh, yeah. Um, I post funny things all the time on Mastodon. And I type it out, and then I reread it and analyze it and then reread it again before I post it because um, humor has just got to hit the mark just exactly right. The, the wrong word somewhere will completely change the meaning of what you're, you're saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. How does the concept of punching up versus punching down apply to comedy and satire? Do you know what those terms mean? I think I have an idea, but you can explain well, it. You tell me, and then I'll... Punching up? Well, no, I'm not going to be able to eloquently put it. Okay, then, then I'll give some examples. Punching up is a, a man with Down syndrome makes fun of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. That's punching That's up. That's punching up. Punching down Punching be... down is Donald Trump, Trump making fun of a man with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we've seen examples of both. Yeah. One is funny and acceptable. The other is just Ludicrous mean. And mean, yes. And people still vote for the a-hole. Sorry, I had to get that in. Sorry, I, I didn't hear that. I said people still vote for the a-hole. Oh. Can't bleep that out because <laughs> I didn't cuss. Uh, I, I think, um, just sort of as I, I was saying earlier the ability for people to punch up is much greater now you, you have access to a much larger audience yeah well and then people who punch down it's mm -hmm. kind of like shooting fish in a barrel in my opinion yeah when you see donald trump going after somebody it's it's just pathetic well you never see him going after the other bully that's in the playground he always seems to go on the kid that gets picked on Mm -hmm. You know, but like you said, punching down. You you never ever ever see him, or even a lot of people these days. They 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 go for the easy target. If you if you if you quote unquote want to be a man, why don't you try to punch up instead of punching down? Instead of going for the easy target, go for someone that can actually spar with you verbally, and then see how you fend in those little battles that you want to pick. Hmm. Can comedy be used as a tool for social and political commentary? Yeah. I think so. I guess we shouldn't have yes or no questions on here. No, no, I, I think it can be. Um, I, I think it's a, a later way of getting a point across, whereas it's not so stern. I think it, it can be more engaging, as long as it's done correctly, in my opinion. I think the best example of that is Saturday Night Live. Granted, they've gone downhill enormously in the last few years, but every once in a while they get a good win in. Well, I mean, the, the show's gone downhill, but I think their weekly updates been on par for a long time yeah. with Michael yeah. Chang calling shows. I mean, and they can say things that other people just, without humor, would would just be mean. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think those two actually make the show. That's you know, I watch every Saturday night, and that's really the only part that I tune into. Because it is funny, and they do make a lot of comments about social commentary in a funny way, and I think they get their point across. Where you're not just—it's not just haha. That's that's funny. I mean, a lot of their jokes do get. Some of them make you do think about it, and just how ridiculous society is about some things, and they bring it across kind of like I said eloquently. You know, they do take some cheap shots, but I mean that's part of comedy also. 
unfortunately, Saturday Night Live has started to rely on what I call uncomfortable humor. Yeah. Where, where they take something and make it absolutely ridiculous, and everyone is is reacting to that, and people kind of um, nervously laugh and titter. Yeah, when the reactions, oh no, I can't believe he just said it, you know, said that instead of just laughing. Bringing up concepts, I, I can't think of an example, but I, I just don't like uncomfortable humor. Yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody. How has the role of stand-up comedy evolved over the past century? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think stand-up comedy changes with society. Some things that are said now would never have been acceptable years ago, and some things that were said years ago wouldn't be acceptable now. So I think it, I think it bends and forms with society as society moves along. I think it's kind of like a, a stream that just changes. And not even to the past century. I mean, you can watch shows that were on in the 70s, comedies that were on in the 70s that are just, they're not funny. No. Well, I mean, even like Friends compared to nowadays. I mean, even as recently as Big Bang Theory, there's stuff on there that you look, you look at nowadays and it's not funny, uh, even though it was funny 10, 15 years ago. But it's not as bad as the 70s, like you said, like uh, All in the Family. Well, I don't, All in the Family was a big, huge exception. They really were satire. Yeah. Flat out satire. They, they were taking somebody who was just an awful person and inflating them. Um, I'm talking about Archie Bunker's character. Mm -hmm. And the, those social issues that they were bringing up, a lot of them still haven't been resolved. Yeah. They talked about rape. They talked about abortion. Uh, draft dodging. Yeah, a, a lot of things. The the guy who did, they had a uh, a show about him, a kind of a documentary, and one of the comments was that um, that that all in the family was a show that plowed a lot of new territory, and nobody planted anything there. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, that's. That's a very good point. What are some examples of satire in popular culture, and what impact have they had? Mm, that's I haven't thought that much about that question. Sorry. Uh, I think I'll let you take the lead on that one. Well, you just talked about Friends. Yeah. Now that it's uh, available streaming, uh, it's more popular than ever. Yeah. But I can't help but wonder if a lot of people are watching it like you do just to have something on in the background. Yeah. They're not necessarily watching or listening to every word. Yeah, they're not completely engaged in it. It's just something kind of mindless to have on. Yeah, like that's what I do is I put it on for fodder, some background noise, and just, you know, if I need to get to sleep, I can watch it. But yeah, you're correct. But I mean, isn't that what comedy's all about? It's basically sat satire on society in general. Well, I, I don't know. I, I consider satire to be something about uh, politics or the status quo, about big issues. Yeah. Where most comedy is, you know, about family issues. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's what some people have. That's all they have. Yeah. And um, I, I think kids are going to learn that you don't talk to your parents the way that kids talk to their parents in the comedies. No, and I think that's why people get a good laugh at it. Hmm. It's the uncomfortable situation, like you said. Or, or saying what everyone else is thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's on TV and not in real life. Because <laughs> I know if I talk to my parents the way that sometimes some some of the things I say on TV, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, how do comedians and satirists navigate the line between being funny and being offensive? Well, a lot of times they don't. Yeah, they kind of try to dance along that line, don't they? And uh, people will give comedians a pass up to a point. And uh, once once they step over that line, um, they they learn to regret it. Well, do you think cancel cancel culture has gone too far? No, you don't think so. No, g- g- give me an, an example where it went too far. Well, no, I'm just I'm thinking. You know, I think sometimes people get so caught up in it, they get in this huge uproar, and then it's like a it's like a feeding fest. One person gets offended by it. And then other people look at it and are like, oh my gosh, yeah, he really did. I, I, I think it's like a mob mentality. I, I guess I've, I've never really seen anyone be the victim of cancel culture that it really shouldn't it. have been. Yeah. But I think, I, think, I think there's bigger things in life to worry about. A setting look, one individual control. If you. You can only be offended if you let yourself be offended. And the the people who are supposedly offended oftentimes are just using their own bully pulpit. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who can post on uh, on an internet site. And that's what I mean. Do you think it's gone too far? Um, I, I think people, they think they have a little bit of power. Mm-hmm. So would you agree that it's gone too far sometimes? So, I guess sometimes. The Million Mom March. I knew you were going to bring this up. What, I was kind of is, leading you into that. that. The million, million Mom something or other. Million Mom Idiots. That's what it should be called. <laughs> um, every time there's some little little funny quip on a commercial somewhere, they, they get in a big uproar and they, they want boycotts and everything. And for for one thing, it's not a million moms. No. It's just one mom. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it, it only happens because they have an audience. Yeah, because there's other million idiot moms out there that <laughs> I'm sorry. Hmm. That's inappropriate. No, but you're you're correct. I, I think it's interesting that the right wing, the Republicans think that cancel culture is terrible, but they're the ones that are doing it the most. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's, it's take a look in the mirror. And and that's not being funny. That's that's the truth. Mm-hmm. How does the use of irony and sarcasm differ in comedy and satire? Hmm. That's a really good question. Sometimes it's just very small how it can differ. Well, you got me thinking on this one. Well, I think sarcasm is very difficult. There's a lot of people that don't get sarcasm. Yeah. I have a quote, or my own quote, on my um, Mastodon profile that says, 
Satire is a precious resource that too often goes wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say something funny, and then somebody will come back with a very serious response to it, and I, I, I always quote that right back to them. Well, it, it comes across as delivery. If if people don't read it correctly, and I mean that's that's the difference between like say stand up comedians and stuff like that. They they got the art down where they're trying to get across what they want to by facial manners, by the way they say it, by dictation. George Carlin was very good at that. Yeah. You could tell when he was saying something that was sarcastic. Mm-hmm. But when you type it, it, sometimes it doesn't always come across that way. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so that's that's the fine line, and that's why it makes it difficult to be funny when you're online posting things. It's it's just like when you see people post things, and, and they'll, they'll change the font and how they type things in. It's supposed to be like a right-winger or a trumper doing it and people are like oh i can't believe you agree and it's like no that's the reason i typed it that way with all the uppercase and lowercase i'm making fun but there's always that one person who reads it like the person's being sincere even though it's plainly obvious that the person is being sarcastic but they take it at face value you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i've seen that happen all the time and then i just laugh at the people who get their panties in a bunch about it because it completely missed the mark. And then, then it just, to me, it makes it even funnier. I, 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 it, I just think it's hilarious. Because then the joke's on that person even worse. And that's when I throw my quote at them. Yeah. And then often people don't, don't get that either. Yeah. How has the comedy scene changed in response to the ongoing pandemic? I don't see any differences. Do you? Um, no, I mean, there for a little bit, you couldn't really joke about anything in the medical field or anything about the pandemic, and now people are coming out and actually kind of making jokes about it, but there for a while, it was a, it was a subject that just wasn't, you know, over a million people died. No, no one found any kind of humor in it whatsoever. Would you agree? I'm comparing that to the AIDS pandemic. Oh, okay. I thought And um, the response to the AIDS pandemic was often a gallows humor. Okay. I mean, I, there, there would be guys who would say, you know, if I was diagnosed, I'd go out and I'd get all the credit cards I can and, and buy everything I want <laughs> and then – not worry about paying it back, you know, because I wouldn't live long enough to pay it back. Yeah. Um, you don't see that kind of gallows humor with with COVID. No. No. That's kind of crazy. But, you know, and now, now, I mean, they're both very survivable diseases. I mean, COVID always was, but, I mean, AIDS was the death sentence. Hmm. And now yeah, it's... I guess they can't really be compared in that way. Yeah. How does comedy and satire reflect the shape of societal norms and values? I think it could change them. Don't you? Um, or the way people look at them. Well, to go back to All in the Family, they had an episode that was all about aerosol propellants. Archie Bunker did not want to give up his spray deodorant. A lot came from that. Eventually, they banned all those CFC propellants, and 
I think if it hadn't been for that amplification in that episode of the show, I, I don't know that it would that, that that change would have happened as rapidly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I guess you know it, it can bring a lot of uh, serious things up in a hot topic issue, and get things to change, and allow people to talk about it, and in not such a serious manner. Well, often they're serious topics, but because it's humor, um, you're, you're granted a license to bring up hot issues that you wouldn't bring up at the Thanksgiving table. Yeah. How do comedians and satirists use parody and mimicry in their work? Oh, constantly. I mean, you see a lot. I mean, I've watched a lot of stand-up. I mean, I think it takes place almost in every every stand-up that I've ever seen. Well, um, that's not parody and mimicry. Um, I, I think the question is, is like um, the way Saturday Night Live would depict Donald Trump. Okay. That they would depict him as a buffoon. Mm-hmm. Well, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, I suppose in a way he really was. But And that really was a pretty easy target. So you think they were punching down when they did that? That's a good question. You could say punching down or punching up. And uh, both Donald Trump and Saturday Night Live, I think, were both equal in their their importance. I, I don't know that you could say making fun of Donald Trump was punching up. Not not from them. No. I mean, because, no. Well, it's... It, it, you have two completely different sides. There's the people who support Donald Trump who who view him as a messiah and that he could do no wrong. But those people aren't going to watch Saturday Night Live, and they think that anything Saturday Night Live does is is stupid and idiotic because they're bad mouthing their leader. But you know, I, you know, I support Joe Biden, and they make fun of Joe Biden, but I don't get my panties in a bunch and stop watching Saturday Night Live hmm. because it's still funny. Sometimes the truth hurts. And, I don't know, I think sometimes people just think things too seriously, and you have to have a good laugh. I mean, I laugh at myself all the time. I'll throw jokes about myself all the time around, about being one-legged and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was doing it yesterday at work. But what was it? Oh, the, the guy came into work, and he's like, oh, my God, when did that happen? And he looked at my leg, and I'm like, uh, about 11 years ago? And I've seen the guy probably a dozen times since then. I'm like, I probably wasn't wearing shorts. And he was sitting there, and there's this awkward silence. I'm like, yeah, I just woke up one day, and I couldn't find it. <laughs> and and the one who I work with, he he's like, you got to stop. Because I make constant jokes about my leg being gone. You know, always still in there. You know, I already got one foot in the grave. <laughs> stuff like that. So, I mean, it's I, I crack jokes. And people, I think they're floored by my humor about it but I'm making fun of myself and it's my way of coping with it and dealing with it. And I think it's funny and it's, I think it's the sheer shock value in it to see people are like, I can't believe you did that, but they can't get offended because I'm making fun of myself. I mean, <laughs> if I'm not offended, then what can they get upset about? But I'm waiting for the day when someone turns around and goes, you can't say that. <laughs> like, hmm. Really? I can't make fun of my own disability. No, shut the hell up. <laughs> so, well, uh, I would would guess that 
That would be somebody who doesn't realize that you're punching up. Yeah. So they just probably just basically don't have a clue on how things work. But. <laughs> well, that was the last question. Okay. Uh, leave it to us to take a subject like comedy and turn it into a serious discussion. Yeah, no doubt. So I guess we're at your favorite time of the week right now. So what is your favorite joke? Where do cow farts come from? Cows? The dairy air. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say methane or, you know, I was going to get all yeah, figures. <laughs> Leave it to you. We hope you enjoyed episode 58 of the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear. And Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.